This is Health Dose, a conversational podcast that focuses on issues surrounding your health. I'm Jerry O'Donnell, and today we're taking on a topic straight from the headlines. We're tackling the issue of vaping and e-cigarettes. Dr. Thomas Saba is a pediatric pulmonologist from the University of Michigan, meaning he specializes in lung disease and respiratory conditions in children. Dr. Saba sees patients at MidMichigan Medical Center, Mount Pleasant, and at C.S. Mott Children's Hospital in Ann Arbor. Health Dose asked Dr. Saba to explain exactly what are e-cigarettes and vaping. Well, vaping is a battery-operated device that heats a liquid and delivers an aerosolized product to the user. So as opposed to combustible cigarettes, which actually burns something, this is actually just heating a compound, creating a vapor, which is inhaled by the user. This was something introduced uh, about in the mid-2000s, and there are different kind of ways of vaping and different devices to actually inhale these aerosolized compounds, most of which contain various concentrations of cannabinoids and nicotine, but they also are known to contain a number of other potentially harmful substances like heavy metals and volatile organic compounds, and many also contain various forms of flavoring like mango and bubble gum and mint to make this vapor a little bit more appealing to the user. Are there signs that I should be looking at as a parent that may be indicators that my child is vaping? I mean, I, I, if I don't catch them with the device, how can I know that they might be imbibing? Right, Jerry, that's a very important question because I want to clarify how significant this issue is among adolescents. Two years ago, the prevalence of vaping among seniors in high school was about 25%. That number's gone up to close to 40% in the last two years. So almost one out of every two high school seniors has a history of vaping. And the concern is that although you would know if a child is smoking a cigarette because of the odor and various other signs, it's very hard to see that a person has been vaping because they don't necessarily have an odor and they don't necessarily come in the form of something that looks like a cigarette, many of which come in uh, devices that look like credit cards or USB devices that are very hard to recognize. So you might notice some changes in the adolescent's behavior, maybe cutting down on caffeine, maybe getting frequent nosebleeds, behaving and looking differently than they did in the past. You might also find in various areas in the home some discarded pods. You might also find some discarded that are unusual. Like I said, these devices look like regular household things, and you might find things in the trash that just don't look right. You might also recognize some sweet scents in the bathroom or on the clothes of your child, but it would be very hard to, to really identify this as opposed to identifying a child who's been smoking a traditional cigarette. The whole business of vaping came about, if I'm correct, as an, a safer alternative to smoking cigarettes. Is there any evidence to support that vaping is safer than cigarettes? Well, that's a very important point. You know, Jerry, Traditional cigarettes lead to close to 500,000 deaths in this country every year. So there is an important intervention done to try to get people off traditional combustible cigarettes. And over the last few years, the incidence of traditional cigarette smoking has gone down. The problem, though, is that people have found alternatives to cigarette smoking, which, as we have been learning, 
are things like e-cigarettes, which are no way safer than traditional, and in many ways much more dangerous than traditional cigarettes. So these are addictive products. They have negative health effects. They've been shown to lead to death. So although they may have contributed to the decline in traditional combustible cigarette smoking, they have their own significant personal and public health problems in and of themselves. I talk with my kids about how alcohol affects a child's body differently than it might an adult because they're developing. I mean, that's the selling point I use for them to to abstain. Is there evidence that children vaping have a different biological reaction than adults? Does it affect kids differently? Indeed, you know, children and adolescents have developing brains. Their brains are not completely developed in infancy. Their brains develop well into adulthood. And so one of the main reasons to try to get youth to avoid starting the use of e-cigarettes is not only because of the pulmonary side effects and because of the potential long-term cardiac side effects, but also because it might very well, and this has been proven, this might very well affect the development of one's brain and affect their learning and success in school and success in life. That's one of the main reasons, Jerry, why we try very hard to prevent young people from starting this practice. You know, I don't remember anybody when they tried their first pack of cigarettes being hospitalized and passing away. But we are finding people who have just picked up vaping as a habit that are experiencing you know, hospitalization and even death. What do we currently know about what's happening to people that's causing them to be hospitalized and in some cases lose their life because of vaping? Correct. Well, what we know about traditional cigarettes is that over many years, it will lead to lung cancer, heart disease, COPD, diabetes, etc. What we're finding with e-cigarettes is something quite different. We have not really had experience for more than 10 years with these products, and already we are identifying acute, life-threatening pulmonary illnesses. And we have identified over a thousand cases nationwide of people that have suffered from what has been termed vaping-associated pulmonary illness. Some people are calling it vaping-associated lung injury, and some people call it vape lung. And there's not a whole lot known about this, but what we do know is that patients are showing up to the hospital in acute respiratory failure and have had a thorough evaluation There's no infectious causes, there's no cardiac causes, but they all have one thing in common, which is that they have been vaping within 90 days of presentation to the hospital. Many of these patients have had lung biopsies and even autopsies, and there's evidence of diffuse damage of all the alveoli, which are the little air sacs that exchange oxygen and carbon dioxide in the lungs of these patients, quite extensive pulmonary damage. And these are only among people that have been using e-cigarettes for a very short period of time. We also know of close to 30 cases of death around the country that have been associated with this particular condition, including one case of death in the state of Michigan within the last week. We know that most of the people have had cannabinoids contained in their e-cigarettes, most of whom have had nicotine in their e-cigarettes. But the problem here is that there are many other potentially harmful compounds in these e-cigarettes that are likely contributing to this vaping-associated lung disease, and we don't know what they are. There haven't been enough patients and a long enough period of time to really clarify exactly what's causing these significant lung injuries 
and these episodes of death. And the other thing is many patients, most patients survive this condition, but we have no idea what their life is going to be after. Mm-hmm. Are they going to develop COPD and asthma and heart disease? And I have a strong suspicion that unfortunately they probably will, which is the main reason we say to people to not start this practice, and if you do, it should be stopped. So i got to have a conversation with my 11-year-old about vaping. What are some of the key talking points I should be sharing with my kids about vaping? What are the key messages that you think would be helpful for me to convey? Well, in talking to children and adolescents about vaping, I guess the first thing is that it is a very popular practice among adolescents. And if a parent was going to speak to his or her child, it ought to be done in the right environment and done in the right way. Because I worry that if it were not to be done in the right way, you might lose the opportunity to say something really important. It's important to find the right time when the child is relaxed and not stressed, not worried about school, not worried about friends. Maybe if you're in the car taking a drive to go get a bite to eat, maybe on the way home from school when there's not a whole lot of stress going on. It's important to congratulate young people for making good choices in life so that they recognize that you're not only there to accuse them and to be, you know, the the cop, but to also recognize that they're good children and they're doing good things. And it's important also to ask open-ended questions. Rather than asking specifically, are you vaping, it might be good to ask, what hobbies are you involved in these days? What are you and your friends interested in? You might even ask a little bit more of a specific question, such as, have you heard of vaping? Have you been listening to the news about what's going on in all these vaping cases? What do you know about it? And then you can dig a little bit deeper as the child opens up and maybe starts offering some information about what they know and what they're thinking. When you learn a little bit about if your child is engaging in this practice, it's important to be quite straightforward and to say that many of these vaping devices contain just as much nicotine and harmful substances as a whole pack of cigarettes. Vaping has caused death. Vaping has caused serious lung disease, and it can definitely impair your brain growth and affect the way you do in school and affect your admission to college and affect you for the rest of your life. So although it's a popular practice, it's a very dangerous one that you should not get involved in. But that kind of big, heavy statement should probably be left till the end of the conversation once you really get the child engaged in talking about it. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners about vaping and uh, your concerns? Well, the state of Michigan actually has done a pretty good job. The state legislature has approved a bill to prevent the sale of all flavored e-cigarettes in the state of Michigan. These flavorings like bubblegum and mango are quite appealing to young people, and that's the reason why our state is the first state in the country to actually prevent the sale of these flavored e-cigarettes. There's still a sale of mint and menthol-flavored cigarettes, and our state is actually leading the way in investigating and preventing these ventilator-associated lung injuries. They strongly say that if you've chosen to use e-cigarettes as a way to get off combustible cigarettes, you should not go back to combustible cigarettes. If you're especially a young person or a pregnant woman, you should not use these. We have no idea the effects on developing fetuses in pregnant women. That could be potentially a very dangerous practice. The state of Michigan, the Department of Health and Human Services, has many resources to help people get off smoking and to stop e-cigarette smoking. I would encourage anybody who has started vaping within the last 90 days who develops any respiratory symptoms 
or unexplained gastrointestinal symptoms to go seek consultation with their healthcare provider to find out if this is something that might be related to vaping and to talk about some of the ways that vaping might be stopped and some alternatives to help people quit smoking altogether. University of Michigan pediatric pulmonologist, Dr. Thomas Saba. If you have health concerns, the best place to start is your primary care provider. If you need help finding a primary care provider, go to midmichigan.org slash doctors. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Check back again soon for another edition of Health Dose.